Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. that you've come to worship with us today. So whether you're here in person or if you're joining us online, if you would get up on your feet, we are going to sing today and celebrate our great God who has fought every battle for us today. So let's give him some praises as we lift up our voices to him. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain move. And as I walk through the shadows, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. Nothing can stand again. 
somebody who is so thankful that our God fights for us today. And you know the reason that he fights for us is because of you. He wins the victory because of his love for you. He won it on the cross. So let's lean in this morning and give our great God some praise because he loves you so much and there's nothing you can do to separate from his love.
to do this. Father, that we have a space that we can come and be vulnerable to you, Father. We're thankful for your relentless and reckless love, Father, that it chases after us today. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin. Lost without hope, with no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. When death was arrested and my life began. Ash was redeemed, only beauty My orphan heart was given a name. And my morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested and my life began. Sing us out. Oh, your grace so free. Washes over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with you. Released from my chains, I'm a prisoner. No.
good to see you this morning. Doesn't it feel good outside? It's like beautiful. I don't know about you. Man, I just feel great. Just the weather alone and then worshiping with you and just, man, I, don't, I can't think of a better way to kick off this Sunday morning. Well, hey, I want you to make someone around you feel really good. I want you to find someone, give them a smile, give them a wave, give them a fist bump, make someone in your area feel so welcome this morning. Go ahead and do that. And then when you're done, have a seat. While you're doing that, I just want to extend a special greeting to everybody at Real Life Church Online. We're just so honored you're here with us. Throw up some likes, throw up some hearts. Can we give a special greeting here in the room for everyone at Real Life Church Online? Yeah, we're just glad you're here with us, worshiping with us today. Hey, I want to share this verse with everybody real quick. It's from the book of Acts, and this is uh, Peter proclaiming this after Jesus rose again. It says, God raised him, meaning Jesus, from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Can we just give some praise to God this morning for God's truth from his word? Man, that's so encouraging just to know we have nothing to fear. Jesus did it all for us. And hey, I'm just so grateful for you guys. And I'm really grateful for those of you that are brand new today. Whether you're brand new online, checking us out, whether you're brand new here in the room today. We're just stoked that you chose to spend part of your weekend here with us at Real Life Church. And I want to invite you to get your phone out right now if you're brand new. And I want you to text RLNEW to 97000. And when you do that, a member of our connection team will reach out to you at some point this week. They're going to check how, you, how your Sunday morning went, make sure you feel welcome, answer any questions that you might have about Real Life Church. And hey, I think most important of all, they're going to see how they could be praying for you and just walking with you this week. So don't be bashful. If you're brand new, reach out to us. Let us know you were here. We would just love to connect with you this week. And hey, if you're brand new and you're in the room, please don't leave here today without stopping by our new here booth. It's right out here in the hub. And we have a small gift for you, just our way of saying thanks for being here today. One of the coolest things about our church here at Real Life is we're a church on a mission, right? We don't just do a gathering and then go home for the week, pack it all up and say, see you later. We're a church on a mission, and that's an important mission. That's to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose 
in Jesus. Another way we like to say that, short and sweet, we're a church for the unchurched. All right, we exist as a welcome place for people that have never heard about God before or from people who've been pretty badly burned from some previous church experience. So we just wanna be that, that welcoming place for you. So if that's you or hey, Maybe that's someone in your life. Maybe that's a family member, a coworker, a neighbor, someone that's close to you but far from God. Man, bring them out to Real Life Church. We would just love to connect with them and, and just make them see, you know, all, the, all that God has for them. So good. Please do that. So, hey, <laughs> you might have been, I'm great at transitions, aren't I? Uh, next steps. Next steps. You might have been coming to Real Life Church for a while, and you might be wondering, how you can get planted. You might be wondering what your next step in life is, maybe not even related to here at church. You might be wondering how to stop just like going to church and start being the church, right? It's a verb, right? We're going to be the church. We're going to do some cool stuff. Well, today you're going to find out after our second gathering, it's about 1215, give or take, Pastor Sean and Diane would love to meet you in the Next Steps room. It's right down the hallway past the restrooms. And they're going to talk to you today about discovering your purpose. And man, let me just tell you guys, when you discover your purpose, there's just like nothing God can't do in your life, right? When you just get locked into that, just for our city, in your home, so powerful. So if you've never taken that step before, I highly encourage you, make this morning your morning that you take that next step. Well, guys, you know, when things are coming at you in thousands of different directions it's and life kind of hitting you hard, it's easy to just focus only on yourself, right? And as a Jesus follower, it's so easy to just start thinking about the church as being only for itself, existing only for itself. But we know that's not the case, right? The church doesn't just live here in our own little world. We exist to impact the world around us. So today we're gonna dive in a little bit deeper than that and learn that the church is not just in our city, the church is for our city. So let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Sean Petrie. Give it up. Nice work, Drew. Man, I'm excited you guys are in the house. <laughs> I love it. Well, as you guys know, man, Royal's about to kick off here in a few weeks. A little opening day. You guys excited for that? Any Royals fans in the house? A few people. Well, I need some help on this one. This is a little participation about to happen. I saw a little fist bump here. Um, so I need some people that are willing to stand up and say, you know what, I just bleed blue, man. I'm a Royals fan. I know all about what's going on. You fall in and out. You just die hard. And if that's you, would you stand to your feet? Come on, where's the die hard Royals fans? Get up on your feet. Where's my Royals fans? Don't be scared. Where are they at? We got one. Okay. Come on, Jason. I know that. Cody, hang around. Don't go anywhere, Cody. I got to use. No, come here. No, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. You got called out. All right. So here's the question I got for everybody this morning. I'm going to start back here with Jason. So the question I have, watch the speaker. All right. Drew, he's up too. All right. So how do people know you're for the Royals? That's what I want to know. How do people know you're for the Royals? What do you do? What, what, just people looking at your life, what do they know? I watch the games. That's a lot of hours of watching games. Do you have traditions in your house about the Royals? No, I mean, in playoff games, sure, but none, I mean, nothing. You just wait for Blue October again, huh? Yeah. Well, you're pretty stoked back here. You probably know all the it's stats. Be a while. You have a poster of uh, Bo, Bo Jackson above your bed still? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe George Brown. All right, nice work. Drew, got something over here, buddy. Come here. Okay, so how do people know you're for the Royals? What do you do? What's special? Oh, man, when 
when that season gets going, that's all I'm talking about. We're texting the buddies, posting on social media. Let's go Royals. <laughs> Drew, I know I saw your poster. You're going crazy. Shane, what do you got? Basically the same thing that Drew said. Let's go Royals. Let's go Royals. There you go. Drew, I thought you said you're going to paint your chest every home game. Yeah, no. Come here, Cody. Which I can't go over there, buddy. You're going to put me in the uh, feedback zone. So check this out. This is how you know he's for the Royals. Just show him, dude. Right here. Uh, the tattoo right there. Yeah. Come on. Give it up. Already feeding back. What? Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I literally didn't. I, I didn't pay attention. I'm down the front row. I'm like, oh, perfect. This is awesome. I've seen his tattoo. And I'm like, Barry, you see this for the world? He's like, I, I don't see it. I'm like, what are you missing? This giant tattoo. Oh, man. So here's my question for this morning How do people know we're for Jesus? Like, what, what's so special about us as Christians, you know? Like, what, how do people know around us? Like, you know, we're shouting out on Royals. I mean, you guys are awesome. I mean, Blue October is amazing. I had Bo Jackson poster, George Brett, my stepfather. He had a whole uh, poster of everybody who won the championship in 85 and signed by every player. Like, you knew he was for the Royals, right? Um, and for us as Christians, like, what's it look like for us? And you might say, well, hey, I, I go to church on Sundays, you know, which is good, right? Or uh, people see me read my Bible. People catch me praying. Uh, you, you might say, I, I wear the Christian t-shirt. Come on, you know, you got the forgiven or whatever you got, right? Or maybe your bio's changed on social media, right? Like maybe it's husband, father, Jesus follower. Maybe you've been there, right? Now, some of you guys changed that recently. I know a guy in my life group said, I went out there, baby. <laughs> I took a risk. I changed my bio. It's, it's for real now. It's like Facebook official, you know what I'm saying? Um, but for, for some of us, maybe it's to, they have the cross on the earrings, you know, or maybe the necklace. You ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You got that little dove on the ankle tattoo. You know what I'm talking The pretty little dove. You know what I'm talking about? Holly, you have a tattoo of a dove? Oh, what's that say? Redeemed on our arm. There you go. Nice work. You a little cute tattoo. Guys, we have the cross down our back. Come on, somebody, right? It's just this giant cross goes all in, you know. <laughs> Who is that? That's how you know it's not a real tattoo. <laughs> Woo! No, no, it wasn't me. wasn't me. Man, we can do all these amazing things, but as Christians, how do people, we're, people know we're for Jesus? And I want to say the biggest thing for us that people know we're for Jesus, the greatest mark. All those things are great. You got a tattoo, cool, whatever. Come to church, great. Read the Bible, great. But we are simply for people. Like as Christians, people know we're Christians because we're for people. We love people. Do we love people? Do we care for people, Right? We help people when they need help. We sacrifice for people. We build up people. Man, as Christians, we are champions of people. We're encouragers of people. Like, we see potential in people. Like, we don't write off people. Like, we stop and help, maybe get nothing in return. We're those kind of people, amen? Just preaching myself today. Apparently got a good crowd because you're like, what is going on today? Dude, check this out. John 15 says this. My command is this, is Jesus talking. He says, love who? What does he say? Love each other, love each other as I have loved you. Man, Jesus set the bar high, didn't he? Like we're called to love our neighbor and our family and our enemy and all these people around us as Jesus loved us. Man, that bar is set extremely high. It says this, greater love has no one than this but to lay down one's life for one's friends. Man, the greatest love you can ever have is when you're serving and giving your life away to others. Now, if we're real honest and, I mean, a moment of honesty for all of us, we probably admit that this is hard. Like, it's so easy to walk away from people, isn't it? Like, isn't it easy to quit on people? Like, just get annoyed or maybe just distracted by the good things? Man, it's so easy to be judgmental. Man, it's so easy just to see somebody on the outside and forget who they are becoming on the inside. 
Man, it's easy to walk away when they don't live up to expectations. It's easy to quit. It's easy just to get distracted by everything else in life. Maybe we're so focused on getting a promotion or getting a raise or knocking out our to-do list and we step by people at the drive-thru, come on somebody, right? The waitress. It's so easy to forget that people are the reason that we exist, that we are for people. God has called us to be a conduit of love for people. That we're called to love people as Jesus loved us. Now, some people, it's easy to love. Come on, somebody. It's easy to love your own mama, right? I love you. Hercules, Hercules, right? She's like your biggest fan, hopefully, right? Uh, last week, I preached about those homies. Remember those homies we talked about a little bit? And my mom, she, she watched the message, and she's like, oh, it was such a great message. I, I remember you picking all the weeds, and here's a picture of those homies. <laughs> and she sent me a picture. I was like, oh, man, biggest fan, right? She loves it. Now, some people are a little harder to love. You know, uh, like your neighbor, right? Like there's like always something going on. They just disagree about something. They're burning things. You know what I'm talking about? It shouldn't be burning anything. You know, just maybe it's a coworker, right? Like somebody just, just getting under your skin. Like you're called loving, but ah, man, just something to complain about. Or maybe our spouse, a little harder love. No amens. Come on. <laughs> you're smart. That's why you know you're wise. You're married. You know, you should say amen right now. But sometimes it's hard to love your spouse. It's hard to love somebody around you. And I'll say maybe the hardest person to love. The most difficult person to love. Barry's got some story. I hear it over there. Arnold Palmer over here. (laughs) I love it. Um, But, man, sometimes the hardest people to love are the people who don't measure up to our expectations. Like, we thought it was going to be this way, but it's really turned out this way. Maybe it was like a wayward kid or maybe somebody you're close to in your family. It's that one person that you're close to that just stuck in the cycle of addiction. Like, somebody, you've been there and done that, and you've been there and done that, and you've been there and done that, and you've been and you're like, I'm giving up. I quit on this person. It's so easy to do that. Matter of fact, it's so hard to care about people when you get nothing out of it. Like just some random person on the street or isn't your favorite type of situation. You just kind of think, oh, well, I know this isn't going to work out. Matter of fact, there's this pastor, uh, this story that comes to mind of this pastor, true story. It was his first day at his church. He was called by the leadership and took the job. And his first day to preach, uh, come to church. And so instead of dressing up, like he put on his best and his preacher sneakers, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't have any cool ones. Matter of fact, uh, the dog peed on these yesterday, believe that or not. It wasn't my dog. I went to my neighbor's house and the dog ran to me. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, I love it. It's all good, you know? That's just all part of the fun. But he didn't come on his best. He, he actually dressed down. He actually came as a homeless person. Matter of fact, nobody knew it was him. He put on this whole garb, this big bodysuit, put on the whole face mask, the beard. I mean, the whole nine yards. And he, he walks up with a shopping cart outside of his church. I mentioned his church was 10,000 people. His big church. And so he gets out front, and he sits down next to the door. He had his coffee can. And he was begging for money. Had a little sign flying. And uh, literally, he watched all the people walk in his church, and his heart just began to break as people passed by him and passed by him. And some people would start walking towards him and walk away. And at the end of the day, there was only three people that stopped to talk to him out of 10,000 that walked by. Matter of fact, nobody even gave anything in his change jar. True story. And so he comes in during the worship and comes up to the front row, and quickly the ushers in security, come on, Adam, right? He's the usher guy. They take the guy and say, oh, you can't sit up here. You, you've got to go in the back. And they usher him to the back of the worship center. He sits down in the back and people begin to look and of course they're scooting over and making room and of course the church erupts when the elders come up and they introduce a new pastor and everybody's on their feet, yeah! And the crowd fades as they see this homeless man begin to walk up the aisle. Can you imagine? People are just like, what is going on? Is this for real? Their jaw is dropped. This guy comes on the stage, he does one of those like, uh, I don't know what you call that, Mission Impossible moment where he, you know what I'm talking about, peels back that face, you know? It's like, what? And this guy reads a verse from the scripture, and he says, whatever you do to the least of these, you do unto me. 
He said this, and it was so powerful. He said, God has enough people. He just needs more disciples and dismiss the church like 30 minutes in. That's unreal. It's just so easy to pass by people. There's a question that plagues me as a pastor, and if you're in leadership of a church or called by God, it maybe plagues you as well. It's simply this. If our church ceased to exist, like if we shut our doors, like this was the last moment we met together, who would notice in our city? Like what kind of impact would it leave? And I'm not talking about, well, I didn't see the flags up this Sunday. Woo, something's going over there. I heard that building's empty. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, well, I didn't see any more posts on social media, or I knew some people were leaving, or yeah, I thought I heard about that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking the question, who would cease to be fed this week? Like, how many people wouldn't have shelter this week? Like, how many people would be stranded in sin because the message of the gospel wasn't be presented through our church? Like, how many people would be left in their addiction? Like, how many people would be stuck in their sin? Like, how many people would be left in abusive situations because they couldn't break free? How many people will lose counseling because they didn't, their marriages will fall apart and they didn't have free counseling? Like, what kind of difference would it make in the spiritual landscape of our city if our church ceased to exist? And today I want you guys to have an aha moment, just like God show me this, that this church, the church, does not exist for itself but exists for the world around us. It exists for other people who aren't here. Every empty seat is a person. Like every person we walk by is a human that Jesus died for and loved. We say this, we say it all the time as part of our, our culture, but our church is not just in our city, it's for our city. It's for our city. Our church exists for our city. Hashtag for. This is what series is all about. It's for people. It's not about us. It's about the story of Jesus. And so what I want to do today, I want to dive into what this looks like. like how do we be for our city? Like, how do we live this out? And I know in 2021, and a lot of introverts in the room are like, man, what are you talking about? It's supposed to be for people. <laughs> like, I got to do something. I got to make a phone call. Like, what's this going to be like? So I want to get real practical today. What's it look like for us to be a church for people? And so I want to give you a little strategy. It's called the invest and invite strategy. The invest and invite strategy. And simply this, we're going to dive into investing today, investing in people. Next week, we're going to talk about inviting. And so, Dan, what's it look like to invest in people? If you look at what investment means to me, or look at God's story, it means simply giving yourself away to others, knowing that God will use it in his time. That you're going to give your life away. You're going to give stuff away. You're going to give your time away to other people, and God is going to use it in his timing. Maybe you're reaching out to an old friend you haven't talked to in years. Maybe they live in the same city. Maybe it's a kid inside of your family. Maybe it's a stranger on the street that you're going to change their tire. Come on, somebody. Or maybe you're outside office max like I was this week, and the man pulled me aside. He lost his brown hearing aid into the brown mulch in the middle of the rain, and I was there for 45 minutes trying to help find his hearing aid as he yelled at me the entire time, and I was trying to communicate. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're just going to serve people, Amen. You're just going to get out there. No, we didn't find it. So if you find one, let me know. It's outside Office Max. We're at the front. Um, but I'm just telling you, that's what you were called to serve people. I believe this. Jesus was deeply invested in the lives of people. Matter of fact, this might be the most underrated truth about Jesus is that he was for people. Matter of fact, his entire ministry is for people. Uh, you want to check out this verse. It's found in John chapter 2, verse 2. It says this, And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Do this before Jesus had public ministry. I'll tell you something. Jesus, it was a life of the party. You wanted Jesus at your wedding. Come on, somebody. Like, he was that guy. Like, he was just running around having fun. They're like, we've got to get Jesus and his disciples to come out because this is going to be a great wedding. Matter of fact, during the wedding, his mom was there, and they ran out of wine. 
And so what his mom did is he took the servants that were in charge of the wine, they brought them to Jesus and said, well, Jesus can take care of it. And Jesus looked at his mom and said, what are you doing? Like, I'm not supposed to start my public ministry yet. She goes, oh, you got it. You'll be fine. Just take, take talk to Jesus. She leaves him. And so here's this gallons of wine, over 100 gallons of wine. And so Jesus does his first miracle. He turns over 100 gallons of water into wine, which I always say that's why Jesus had so many disciples. Come on, somebody. Jesus told me that's what it was. Jesus, Jesus was for people. Jesus just loved people. He was around people all the time. That's what he did. You find him hanging out with sinners. You find him with prostitutes. You, you find him with, the, with tax collectors. You find him with people that we wouldn't even roll with today. You know what I'm saying? Like you lock your door and he's Jesus getting out and hanging out on the street, you know? That's what Jesus did. And you might say, well, how am I supposed to do this? Like what's that look like for my life? And I want to share with you a verse that's found in Matthew 28, verse 19. It says this. It says, therefore go. Therefore go. The word go actually means as you are going. Like it's not like I'm picking up and moving on my stuff. Now maybe it is. But it's just as you're going through life, like as you live, as you learn, as you play, as you work, just go. Just go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is as you're doing life. So as you're arresting people on the street, come on, Trayvon, right? Just give them a little Jesus, Miranda writes in Jesus. All right, whatever you got to do, just go. As you're at work, you're just bringing people along with Jesus. You're just sharing your life about Jesus. As you play, as you go to the park, as you hang out with your family, as it's bedtime, you just go. You just keep going. You know, we're waiting for, like, the perfect moment. Like, we want the right words, like, like thee, thou, thither, will to come thy, the church. You know, we're trying to come up with all those perfect things. And God just says, as you live life, just bring people along with Jesus. And I want to drive this, like, super clear today. Like, what's it actually look like to do this? We will complicate this thing to the hilt. And so today, I want to make it really simple. I want to show you what this looks like. We got a little video for you. I want you to check it out, what it looks like to invest in the lives of people. Hi, my name is Vicki Goikachea, and this is my story. I believe my passion came from learning how my mom dealt with people. She loved people and liked to serve. And also, I'm a firm believer that we all have the same creator, whether we're believers or not. Therefore, I look at people like they're all my siblings, kind of. So I want to get to know my siblings, and I want to make sure that they know who their father is. I'm just excited because the whole world is connected to each other, you know? They just need to acknowledge it. For me, working in a, a school, it's amazing to me how many children and possibly even adults are out there that don't know that their parents love them you know and I can't I cannot imagine growing up in an environment like that not knowing if your parent loves you and I just feel like I want to be an extension to show somebody that they are loved because I think that knowing you're loved can make you accomplish anything so as I get older I just feel like my time is closer to being face to face with God. I know a lot of people look at it sad, but that tells me time is short and I don't want to miss an opportunity to show somebody God's love. I've always shared, you know, the, the real life posts, uh, reminding everybody that's on my Facebook page that the service is coming up. And I can honestly, without reservation, I always state that if you come out and visit, that I guarantee they'll, they'll walk away loving it. They'll come away feeling something. Something will awaken. So Alan and Rachel, I've known them for five years, and we've been coming to real life for about three. So it's only been the last three years, you know, that I've, we've been actively involved with uh, real life through Facebook. 
So I've always invited them, invited them for the watch parties we had. When the pandemics first started, I invited them for the church services. You know, you invite, 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 but somebody doesn't come back. The way I look at it, it's God's timing. I don't take responsibility for that. So all you can do is throw out the net and see what comes. Just because there's no fish in the net at this time doesn't mean that there won't be another time. She has no idea that when she messaged me asking me what time the service was, that I was doing a happy dance. I was in bed at the time when I saw it, but I was doing a happy dance. And I responded to her. I remember telling Victor and letting him know. And then she couldn't come that following Sunday, but she, they came the, the Sunday after. It was so good connecting with them, you know. One of the exciting things about them coming and joining, it just feels like my family's getting bigger. Seeing them plugged in to life groups and um, serving at Real Life, it's exciting. Their daughter, Bella, wants to get baptized. I do a lot of praying behind the scenes, asking God to continue, and then it's also about wanting them to also be able to spread their wings and repeat the cycle. One of the things I like about the deals is they're a young family, you know, so and they've been in the area a while, so I know that they've got a lot of connections out there. And believe it or not, it's something I put on my bucket list this year that I wanted to bring somebody, invite somebody out that actually came and has made it their home. Out of all the people I've invited, the one family that has come for sure has made it their home. So it just stands by my guarantee, you know? <laughs> it's It works, it's true, that if you just come and, and set foot there, that I think something will awaken inside you. I'm very excited just to play a small part in this couple's story, and I can't wait for you guys to meet them next week. I want to see the happy dance. Come on. <laughs> what is going on with that? That's awesome. Man, isn't that incredible? That was on her bucket list. You talk about heart for people. Like, hey, before I pass away, like, I want to see somebody get connected to God. I don't know about you, but you'll never experience our church the way you should experience our church or the things of God until you play a part in somebody else's story. And so I don't know about you, but Vicki is kind of like the spiritual mom of real life. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Like, she plays such a difference in so many people's lives. You don't have a, you've got a chance to meet her. I know she usually goes to the second gathering. Uh, but I'm telling you, she just wants people to get around, just pours in to people. And so, I mean, she's not here today, but can you give it up for Vicki? Come on. And how encouraging is that? It's no wonder God's using her life, right? Her heart for people. And so today, how do we have the same heart for people? Like, what would our life look like if we just simply invested our life in the people? I love her story because it's so simple. Like, I just shared it on Facebook. I just invited them out. I just hung out with them. I just invited them to part of my life. They come to my house, and we were friends, and I just kept inviting them. And randomly, wasn't random, they just reached out to me, and I did a happy dance. It's just like these little simple things all make a difference. And today, I want to talk about what it looks like to invest in people. And so I'm going to give you three investment strategies, three investment principles to help reach people, to help be inviting people, to be a part of people's story, investing in others. And so the first thing is this, if you're taking notes, number one is this, you are qualified to love. You are qualified to love people. And oftentimes we feel like we're not qualified, we're not good enough, we don't have all the right answers, but Jesus says you are qualified. Back to our verse we talked about earlier, John 15, 12, he says this, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And have you been loved by God? 
Like if you're a Jesus follower today, do you experience the grace of God in your life? You are qualified to invest in people and to love people. I love it. There's no prerequisites. There's no educational prerequisites. There's no uh, I've been to church long enough prerequisites. There's no I memorized enough verses prerequisites. There's not enough I have the right answer prerequisites. It's simply I have been loved by Jesus. Do you remember when you first were loved by Jesus? Do you remember when you first uh, called on Jesus and your sin was lifted off your shoulders and that weight that was pressing on you was pushed away? you remember that moment where you were set free, that you were forgiven, that you were made new? And all of a sudden the grace of God invaded your life and you're like, man, I've got to tell somebody. You know, the average person leads more people to Christ in the first six months of knowing Jesus than their entire rest of their lives. Because all of a sudden we get smart, we don't feel qualified. We forget what's all about. And so today I want to encourage, let's go back to the things we once did. Let's go back to the beginning where we had that feeling of going, you know what, I need to tell somebody about Jesus. Like we got some neighbors to reach, amen? Come on. There's people in our lives all around us and we can forget that it's all about loving people. There's nothing inside of us that stops us from loving people if they have the love of Jesus. The moment you met Jesus, you are qualified to share with people. You know, oftentimes we make this a little more complicated than possible, but the Bible says this in Acts chapter four. It says, when we saw the courage of Peter and John and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. I'm so glad God used ordinary people, not the sharpest or the smartest or the, the most cunning or put together or polished or most educated, just average Joes. He said, when they saw these unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Like, they were just astonished because these people had walked with Jesus. I don't know about you today, but have you been with Jesus? Like, your only qualification to lead other people is you've been with Jesus. Yeah, I get the privilege of standing on the stage, but it doesn't mean I know everything. I went to Bible college, so what? Have you been with Jesus? And if you're in leadership, you want to serve and make a difference and make an impact with your family or neighbors, just spend some time with Jesus. People recognize that in your life. And so you're qualified to share the love of God with people. You're qualified to invest in people. You know, so often people say, well, I don't have what it takes. Like, I don't know all the right answers. And can I, can I tell you, it's not what you know, it's what you show. It's not what you know up here, it's how you live your life. Like, if you've been transformed, amen, if you've been forgiven, if you know what it's like to have the sin lifted off your life and that you have potential in your life, you have a new name, a new creation, that you have a purpose and a passion in your life, you are well qualified just take a little time and say, hey, neighbor, you got to come over for dinner tomorrow night. You know what we're going to talk about? UFC, baby. We're not going to talk about Jesus. We're just going to hang out because I care about you. I'm going to ask you questions about your life and how you're doing, what you're passionate about. How's your family doing? I'm, I'm just going to be praying for you. I'm going to pray in front of everybody. Just be praying for them. They start planting little seeds inside of their life and little parts of their story. And you know what? I bet they're going to call you up when they start having a problem. Man, Terry Vaughn, he really cares. That guy asked me a question. I, man, no one's asked me a question ever. It's absolutely crazy. We get the privilege of taking people through this crash course. It's uh, through our next steps. And uh, when you go through next steps, one of the things we talk about is the relationships you have in your life. And who's poured into you, those spiritual moms and dads are poured into your life. And then who's your brothers and sisters you're doing life with with Jesus? And who are you pouring into? Who's your sons and daughters? And oftentimes the list are pretty small. No offense to anybody, this is what it is. As a nation, that list is small. I get to hang out with other pastors. and We'll talk about who poured in your life, who is your best leader in your life. And oftentimes, these leaders go back to their youth pastor, a high school coach, a high school teacher, or a teacher in their past. That's who's on that list. That list is really small. And for us, like, you know, what would be cool if we were on somebody else's list, amen? 
if somebody said, hey, you know what? Thank God for Sean Petrie. He just pulled me aside. He just asked me a question. You know what? He got me thinking. I started coming to church and God started using my life and I met Jesus and I got baptized and I started growing my faith. I started bringing my family and friends and generation upon generation upon generation has changed because one person decided to step out of themselves and slow down a little bit and care about me because I was human. Not because I added anything to their life. Just because they cared. Have you been with Jesus? It's less of what you know. It's just more slowing down with people. You might say, well, I'm not good enough to invest in people. If you knew my past, man, if you knew my addiction, if you knew what that person did to me, if you knew what I did to somebody else, if you knew my story, if you knew my struggle, if you knew that I wasn't close to God, like I don't have all the answers, can I just tell you today that you are qualified at the cross of Jesus? Like Jesus qualified you. This is an amazing passage of scripture I got to share with you today. It's found in Colossians 2. It says this, you were dead because your sins and because your sinful nature and was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he has forgiven all our sins. He says this, he has canceled the record of the charges held against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. And I love this. It's almost like a judicial thing happening here. Like you take all your sins and you imagine writing them on a piece of paper and then you just say, okay, Jesus, here's my paper. And he nails it to the cross. Jesus became your list of all the sins. Jesus became a list of everything you did wrong, everything you didn't measure up to, every negative thought, every moment of depression, every moment of suicide, every moment that was about yourself. Jesus just wrote that on his life, tattooed his body up. Whatever you wanna say, he became your sin and he was nailed to the cross for you. And so if you've met Jesus, all of a sudden you are now qualified because it's no longer you that lives, it's Christ that lives in you, amen? You've been changed. You have what it takes. You might not feel like you have what it takes. That's just Satan telling you it's not good enough. I promise you, Satan didn't tell you, go talk to your neighbor about Jesus. Satan did not prompt you to do something for God. And so if it doesn't feel comfortable because it is uncomfortable because you are in a world that's trying to stop you from doing the things of God. Can I encourage you, it's all about people. You know, in this church, we're working really hard to use tasks to grow people, not to use people to do tasks, amen. We're the kind of church that says, we're looking for somebody who is willing, not ready. We wanna grow somebody. Like we're hungry to go find somebody on the street that's a pro painter, that, that like painting houses, who knows nothing about Jesus, is the next church planter. Come on, somebody. Like we want to find somebody that's next door to you that maybe got out of prison and wants to come to church and all of a sudden they start growing, their life changes, and they're set free from addictions and pain, and all of a sudden their kids change. All of a sudden their family is growing closer to God. You've changed generations because of one conversation, because of one person. That's the heartbeat of our church. We are for our city. Last part of the verse says this, and this way he disarmed, this is Jesus, the spiritual rulers and authorities, and he shamed them. I love that. Jesus put the shame, all those accusations and those who accused, shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Jesus publicly shamed your sin. Come on, somebody. Like he took all your wrongs and said, watch this baby, and he nailed him to the cross. Like that's something to boast about. You can boast in Jesus. If you know the love of Jesus, you can just be proud about Jesus. You don't have to be proud about everything in your life, but you can be proud of Jesus. You know you're God's masterpiece. You are whole, you are holy, you are set free, you are forgiven, you are made new in Jesus. You guys feel that today? You guys know who you are today? Because you are qualified to invest in people. This is number one, you are qualified to invest in people. Second thing is this, don't simply pass by people. Don't just simply walk by. 
You know, it's so easy to walk by people around us every day. Maybe that person in your life that we talked about was struggling with addiction. There's that family member, come on. There's the, always that crazy aunt. You know what I'm talking about, right? There's always somebody in our lives that we maybe have left behind. Maybe somebody that we were once close to. And for whatever reason, you're not friends with anymore. There's a friendship that may have fallen apart. There's a relationship yet that, that's not where it should be. There's people every day we walk by, come on, hashtag Walmart, <laughs> you know? We put these masks on and in this culture of COVID, we become more isolated than ever. People lock themselves away from people, be antisocial on purpose. We forget about people in this season. You know, maybe there's a neighbor that we're just not close to because we just don't have the courage to go talk to him. Just afraid of having a conversation. And God is calling us to be a conduit of love to these people. Just simply stop. You know, think about that story about that pastor. And I, I mean, that would be an amazing thing to try, to dress up as a homeless person and be outside of real life on Sunday morning. If you see a homeless guy, it's not gonna be me, so please don't yank his beard off, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Like, that's like, what a testimony. Like, what's the church up to? And there's a lot of pastors who have done this, and they're like, man, our church is doing amazing. Like, there's just one guy's story. But for a church of 10,000 that nobody give a dollar in a bucket, and only three people talk to him, Wow, I don't know what positive thing I had to say if I was that guy. That'd be so tough. And for so many of us, it's so easy just to walk by people because it just requires extra effort. It's not in our schedule. It's an interruption. And this is what Jesus says about all of this. And it's so powerful. It's found in Matthew 25. I alluded to it earlier. This is Jesus speaking. He says, for when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger, you invited me in. And I needed clothes and you clothed me. And I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous, these Christians, these Jesus followers, they answered him and said, well, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you? Like we did that? Or you were thirsty and gave some to drink. When do we see a stranger and invite you in? Or somebody needed clothes and we gave it to you? Like when do we see the sick or in prison and we went to visit you? And I love it, it says the king, the king, Jesus himself replied, truly I tell you whatever you do, for how many, what does it say? One. For every dude to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do to me. Just one person. I just gotta ask the question, are we selling for a man-sized dream when God's given us a God-sized destiny? Is our, is our week so consumed with stuff and busyness that we've forgotten the whole point of why we do this? It's just a question, because I'm guilty of it. We're so busy. And I feel like we could do so much more if we just pick up the phone. We make this complicated, don't we? We make it complicated. Like we're avoiding the text message or the phone call. I'll tell you what, you can, you can do a lot simply by reaching out. It's amazing. You know what the Bible says? It takes a cup of cold water to make a difference. Matter of fact, you may think, well, I don't have time. I don't want to serve this. You know, when you serve somebody, you're not serving a second-rate person, amen? You're serving Jesus. You're serving a human being. And that neighbor that maybe you're afraid to, to bless and invest in, you're not serving some crazy neighbor, come on. You're serving Jesus. And when you take your time to spend time with your kid who is running sideways, you're serving Jesus. And every time you stop and don't think about yourself, you're blessing Jesus. Every time you give a bag of clothes that you use clothes, you're blessing Jesus. Bye bye, some new clothes, come on. It takes a McChicken, come on somebody, to bless Jesus. And I just gotta know if we've been walking by Jesus, like there's Jesus all around us, and we haven't stopped to slow down and say, maybe that's Jesus. Like maybe need to be less about me and more about him. It's so easy not to open the door 
or to have over a visitor or make the phone call, get the cup of cold water. Just simple stuff. That's all it takes to invest in people. Last thing is this, don't worry about the results. We get so caught up in like, that person didn't show up and we got burned last time and I'm never gonna do that again. And what are they gonna do with my money if I give them money? We get so worried about this stuff. And this is what Jesus says about what to do. He, he says this, Luke 6, he says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And there's something for them. And if you do good for those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. What Jesus is saying is you should go out of your way to serve somebody who can't do anything for you ever. Isn't that crazy? Like maybe you're in a high school clique and you never hang out with anybody else because they ain't your friends. You know what I'm talking about. Is that person on the street you're never gonna talk to? Is that neighbor you don't wanna be around? Is that family member that just been taken and taken and taken and taken and taken and you're never gonna go back? It's so easy to quit, isn't it? It's so easy to give up on people. It's easy to sell people short because they don't look like me. And then the Bible says, maybe you've been burned, right? I know we've all been burned, right? And you're like, I can't go back to that. Like, I'm done going that direction. And I just reminded of the cross where Jesus told us earlier, like, we're to love each other as Jesus had loved us. I'll tell you something. Jesus knows what it's like to get burned. He knows what it's like to be betrayed and forsaken and left alone. He knows what it's like for people to talk about him and to be misunderstood. He knows what it's like to be misquoted. Maybe the most misquoted person in the history of the world is Jesus. Come on, somebody. Like, he knows what it's like to be walked on, walked over, crucified, nailed down, burned down. He knows, he knows what it's like to feel the pain and suffering of this world. The Bible says, don't be surprised when it happens to you. But we might use it as an excuse sometimes. I know I have, where it's like, man, I've done my best. I'm done. And Jesus is saying, you know what? Just keep loving. Just keep pouring in. Just pick the phone up. Do your best. Care for people. Go out of your way to be a love of Jesus in their life. And what do you see at people? What do you see? It's so important. When you see people, like you're walking through Walmart. Come on, somebody. Not Target, Walmart. You know what I'm saying. What do you see? When you see your kids, what do you see? When you see a family, what do you see? There's a sign over their head you're going to see. You always see something. For most of us and a lot of us, we might say, I see a problem. That's just a waste of time. Might see some pain. Like, I'm not going down that road again. Woo, been burned. And for some of us, the ones that are saying, I want to invest in people, you're going to see a sign that says potential. You're going to see somebody's potential. For some of us, we do see a sign that says waste of time. And for some of us, we say investment, amen. I'm just going to invest myself in that person. You know, for some of us, we see a sign that says who they are. This is who they are. This is what they are. I talked to somebody earlier that's just smacking down their kid. This is just who they are. This is, what, this is always going to be this way. It's never going to change. It's always going to be this direction. Matter of fact, I talked to a few people about that. It's who they are. But we look at people who they are or who they're becoming. Because Jesus saw who we could become. Matter of fact, Jesus saw a sign over our heads too and it said, bound for hell. That's what he saw. He saw humanity with a sign. He said, I will go rescue these people because I love them. We sing about this reckless love of Jesus. And when you see people, you got to start seeing some souls, amen? Like, I see a soul. Like, I see potential. Like, I see somebody that could be the next Billy Graham. Like, I see the person that can change their family. Like, I see the, the person that could break free from addiction. Like, you don't give up on people. And all of a sudden, we start walking around differently. All of a sudden, we start asking more questions, and we stop giving advice. We start listening to people. 
We start encouraging people, just investing in people, just being a person of love because you know what? We've been forgiven, amen? I mean, it was my sin that put Jesus on the cross. I hung him there too. And so I could go around and say, you know what? You're making some mistakes. I still love you. I love you because God loved me, man. God can change your life. And all of a sudden we start having these relationships that are redemptive relationships, investing in people. Can I encourage you? It just starts with one person. Wouldn't it be amazing to be on somebody's list in the next month because you invested in somebody? Like, wouldn't it be amazing to be the person that said, hey, you know what? God made a difference in my life. I just want to show you Jesus. You don't tell them that. You just start a relationship with them and see where it goes. Invite them over. Be friends with them. All of a sudden, they start being more a part of your life. It's not about a click. And all of a sudden, over a few short months, all of a sudden, they start coming to church. All of a sudden, they start seeing you and they're like, I don't understand how you do that. They start asking you questions, start growing. And all of a sudden, they come this moment of surrender in life where God says to them, like, hey, I'm calling you home. And they're like, okay. I'm like, I don't know how I got here. Oh, you do. You just don't know how much seed and prayer and time and energy. I love that Vicky's praying for people. I promise you, Rachel and Alan had no idea that she was praying for. Gotcha. You had no idea. But wouldn't it be cool to be on somebody's list? I mean, at the end of your life, you know what your list looks like? Looks like a funeral home full of people. That's your list. The people you invest your life into that show up and say, that guy made a difference. Man, I'm like, God, give me a big funeral. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't be the kind of guy that builds people up and encourages people. And it starts with just one. You may say, well, Sean, I don't know where to start. Like, what am I supposed to do this week? Where am I supposed to go? Well, here's the question. I'll, I'll leave you with this. If you're the only Christian in our city, the only Christian, no matter your experience with Jesus, you know Jesus, the only Christian in our city, how would you reach our city? How would you do it? Who would you run to first? And God will show you exactly where you need to start. Father God, we come before you. God, I pray. God, our church would be a church that's for people. God, we would not be about ourselves. God, our eyes are not focused on what's happening here Sunday morning. Our eyes are focused on those around us. Our greatest stories are the greatest times we invest in people. God, our love for people is so big, it cannot be contained to the four walls of a building. And so God, help us to be for people. Help us to be so focused on people. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. We're here to love people. We're not professionally trained. We're not called to be professionals. We're called just to love people as you had loved us. So God, just drive a stake in our life today. God, that we would be for people. God, I pray for our name to move up the list in other people's lives of those who invest in people. God, we are spiritual moms and dads. Regardless of our age, God, we are pouring into people. We're just loving people. We're meeting them where they're at. We're not running. They're not waiting for them to come to us. We are running to them with the good news of the gospel. There is no wrong address for this. And so, God, I pray for families to be healed. I pray for neighborhoods to be changed. God, I pray for our church. God, have such an impact in our city. If it ceased to exist, the spiritual landscape would never be the same. God, help us to be focused on those around us. God, it starts with just one person. God, help us to be the one. I want to pray for somebody today and then say, you know what? I need Jesus. I recognize today that Jesus came for me. He was my list on the cross. He took everything wrong in my life and made it right. I've been wandering. Maybe somebody's been inviting me and praying for me and caring for me. And I don't know why, but today I know why. Like it's making really good sense today. I'm here because I'm, I need Jesus to come in my life and change me. If that's you, not anybody looking around, you just raise your hand and say, I need Jesus. Maybe you're online, you click the button. Maybe you're in the room and say, I need Jesus today. 
I need to start a relationship with the King of Kings. And if that's you, I invite you to pray this prayer and say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for loving me. I felt unlovable, but you took everything wrong in my life and you made it right. God, it's not about me. God used me, not for six months, for a lifetime to make a difference for you, God. I'm sold out to you. God, love you. Thank you. Praise Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give it up for God. Give it for what Jesus is doing. Invest in somebody. If that's you today, whether you're online or with us in person, you made that decision for Jesus, I want you to know we don't want you to do that journey on your own. We want to be right there with you. It's almost like starting a new school and not knowing anybody and just feeling lost. We don't want you to feel that way. We want to be there. We want you to know that we care about you. So the first thing you can do is let us know about your decision. You can do that by texting RLNEXT to 97000. We'll have a connection team member reach out to you over the phone. Their whole goal is to make you feel at home here at Real Life and answer any questions you've got and just get you connected here. We want you to know, most importantly, God cares about you and we care about you. If you happen to be with us in person, we've got another great next step for you as well. On your way out of the worship center at the back, there's a red bag. Inside of it, there's a Bible, some link to some other great resources. Pick that up, grab it. It's another great next step for you. So for everybody else, I've got some next steps for you guys as well. I want you guys to know we have an awesome, awesome, awesome Sunday coming up. Easter is right around the corner on April the 4th. It's always a special time here at Real Life, and this year is going to be even extra special. We're going to do something called baptism. If you don't know what that is, it's just a public profession. You get into this water, we put you under, and it's just a symbol of saying, I am dead to sin, I'm alive to God, I am all in for Jesus. It's a testament to the power of Christ in our lives. We're here to let everybody know that's who we are and what we believe. And so I want to encourage you guys, if you need to be baptized, we would love to have you join. We already have four people signed up already, so it is not too late. You can uh, jump online at reallifechurchkc.com, click the baptism tab, and get signed up today. Don't miss out. We're going to have a great Sunday. Please be a part of it. So I want you guys to know that your generosity and your faithfulness makes a difference week in and week out. And we were able to do and work in the community because of what you are faithful to give to God. And so I want you guys to know that we're in the midst of still looking and uh, searching and just uh, trying to, to figure out what God wants for us to do in our secondary space that we're going to use for a life group. We're going to use for filming studios. We're going to use for youth group potentially. So I want you guys to keep praying about it. And I want you guys to know that every dollar that you invested into that project can continue to invest. And it's going to go to invest in people like uh, Sean was talking about. And even the people that are going to be baptized on Easter, those are testaments to your guys' faithfulness and what God can do with just our little bit that we give to him. So I want to encourage you to continue to be faithful. And as always here at Real Life, there's three ways you can do that. You can go online at reallifechurchkc.com. You can click the giving tab. You can text any amount to 84321. Or if you want to use a cash or check, you can drop it in the box at the back of the worship center. I want you guys to check, check out this video. Hey, Real Life, I'm so excited for what God is doing. He's opened the door for us to get more paid staff on our team, and I'm excited to introduce you to the woman, the myth, the legend, come on. <laughs> Holly Holcomb jumping on the team, and uh, man, she's grown. I remember the first time you're coming all the way now, being just developed and grown, so I'm excited. So tell us a little bit about your journey from starting here Real Life to kind of the process of coming on the team. Yeah, it has been quite the journey. I can think back to 2017 when we came to the first Intrasocial 
And Drew convinced me that it'd be the best idea to wear his Randy Savage Macho Man t-shirt and the rest is history. But- I remember talking about snapping to a Slim Jim. So. I know, right? Yep. So <laughs> it has been quite the journey. Uh, we got planted and plugged in and I just have to say, you and Diane have just been the biggest champions, um, just seeing potential in me and calling it out when you see it and really helping me grow in my leadership ability. And I can also say that I don't know that I ever felt 100% qualified, but I do know that I'm always willing and ready and up for the challenge to whatever God's called me to. So I'm excited for this next season to be an official staff member for Real Life Church. And yeah, the rest Come is history. Come on, dude. I know we're excited as well. So give for Holly. I know you love her. Come on, give it up. And more, come on, you can do it. Uh, it's cool, it's, it's been great seeing you uh, just being developed and you're always willing, you always come back with more and so it, it's incredible. So glad to have you on the team. So guys, uh, two Sundays from now, we've got Easter Sunday. You're not gonna miss it, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, we are doing a brand new series. We talked about switching up playlists. Well, you know what, we're scrapping it. We got a cool idea. And uh, it's gonna be called this, The Songs That Made Us. And so we're gonna take a step back in time and we're gonna check out all the songs that maybe spoke to you at some point in your life, maybe you forgot about them. Now God's gonna use it, just pull out the redemptive themes. This will be one of those Sundays you're gonna invite some friends and family out. We're having a glow in the dark Easter egg hunt for all the kids during all the gatherings, nine o'clock, 11.30. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. Photo booth for your family. Uh, it's just been one of those weeks you're not gonna miss. It's gonna be a great message, encouragement, some hope. And so plan on being here, be praying next week. We're gonna talk about how to invite people out, what it looks like to pour into people and make the ask without barfing it up, making it awkward, but just keeping it real. Hope you guys see you next week. Love you. Man, isn't it cool to see God doing big things? Can't wait to see the things that God's gonna use Holly in and just you guys week in and week out. Invite people to Easter. Can't wait to hang out with you guys in. Hey, if you need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. Can't wait to see you guys next week at 930 and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. We'll see you guys next week.